the Yeah We Know podcast. It has something for everyone. I just don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't I don't get it yet. Read your history books, Chris. You're older than all of us on this podcast. Dudes always get squashed in their hometown. That's the way it goes down in professional wrestling. Edge is from Ottawa and he got his ass handed to him last night on Raw. I mean, it feels like there's this inside thing that I just not aware of or understand. That is a perfect day one WrestleMania opening match. The Yeah We Know podcast. Three guys who can't wrestle, who can talk in their basements. Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Welcome in to what is sure to be another rousing and fun rendition of the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your affable host. My name is Rod Morgan. I am back. Want to send out much thanks to the fellas in my stead. Last week, you guys did a fabulous job. You were trying to Wally pit me, and I really don't appreciate it. So you're going to get some vitriol from me in this podcast. Just know that coming out. But first, I got to throw it to my right-hand man, the producer of this podcast and every other podcast on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. He also hosts our wrestling podcast. And folks, if you aren't wrestling fans, you may want to tune in for that one because I have a feeling it's going to be entertaining. But right now, we're going to make him talk about sports named college basketball and golf first. It's Jimmy Jamriska. We had an amazing weekend of championships won, championships lost, and thumbs to the neck, Rod. I love it. We certainly did. Thumbs to the neck is another allusion to another podcast. We're going to tease you hard to check that one out because I promise you it's going to be a lot of fun. But if we're talking about college basketball, you know we have to welcome back the handicapper, Josh Williams. Mr. Williams, did you enjoy your final four weekend? Yeah, man. I wish I could have gave out in Thanksgiving. I took a 30 to one future on UConn uh, to win the national championship. So that was awesome. But then I went on here on the pod and said, ah, UConn, UConn doesn't have it in them. <laughs> so totally backtracking on, on what I saw in real life. They just smashed through the non-conference. They beat 17 non-conference teams all by double digits this year, but then they lost eight games in conference this year. They're one of the weirdest national champions ever, but uh, I saw that they were just smashing teams earlier in the year, took a shot on them. I I thought that ticket was dead in conference, and then uh, they come out here and just roll through everybody not from the Big East and, uh, and win another national championship. So, yeah. Shout outs to uh, UConn. The last three UConn championships, they've kind of they've kind of <laughs> they've kind of got lucky here. They beat a five seed, an eight seed, and an eight seed for the last three national championships. So, I mean, you can only play in f- who's in front of you, but uh, get a little fortunate there. Jimmy, you're gonna have to refresh my memory because unfortunately, we've had to deal with this now numerous times. Where do we take credit for Williams being smart enough to make that UConn? bet or do we not because he didn't give it out on the podcast like unfortunately he's doing his best stuff and not giving it to us Jim and again I know we don't pay him but how are we supposed to feel about this Uh, we should feel pretty bad uh, honestly about it Williams you know you do have a microphone once a week for like 25 weeks in a row anytime you could have circled back and just said hey UConn's (laughs) gonna win the national championship in men's it's all good but no you didn't thanks Waves, defend yourself. See, Williams can't defend himself because he can't even unmute his fucking microphone. That's the <laughs> issue. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. First time I've done that. Uh, yeah, so we talked about UConn being a little fortunate this year. I think that, or in the tournament, I think that, man, the, the game that we really missed out on, that the fans missed out on, was Kansas versus UConn. Should have happened in the Sweet 16. Bill Self gets a couple stints put in his chest, so he doesn't coach this this tournament. We thought that he was going to be all right. Kansas, we talked about this, 10-0 and 0 when having five days off to prepare for UConn. They would have been. They would have had six days off to prepare for UConn, and and Kansas was seven and zero versus teams from the tournament when having five days to prepare for them. So, I was worried about UConn's coaching in close games. They never had a close game. They did, I mean, I I was a believer in the talent. What are we supposed to think about that? Are we supposed to think that they got lucky with their opponents or that they're a pretty good squad? Where do you land on that? I'm I'm in the middle, like. They're they're cl- they clearly Shocking. had you're a, riding the fence, Williams. Shocking. A, they clearly had the most talent, but I I feel like they got fortunate that they didn't have to play Kansas. They didn't have to play a healthy UCLA team with Jalen Clark. They didn't have to play Houston. The ball pressure from Houston, I think, would have got them. But uh, they didn't have to play any of those teams. They, had to, they didn't have to end up playing Texas or Bama either. So um, they were they were a little fortunate, but they were clearly the best team once they got to the Final Four. All right, let me ask you this question then, because you know I'm a little bit selfish when it comes to this podcast. It is the Morgan Eno Podcasting Network, after all. I'm more of an NBA guy. You said that you thought this UConn team might be a little bit more talented. Do we have any NBA talent on this UConn team? Am I going to be seeing any of these guys playing in uh, my beloved association here anytime soon? Yeah, Jordan Hawkins, he'll be uh, – he's like a poor man's Clay Thompson. He's a really, really good shooter. Um, needs to probably gain about 10, 15 pounds uh, body weight, upper body weight, but – he can come around the screens and, and shoot it light lights out, man. And, and UConn has a couple other shooters. They have they they probably have a couple other guys, but but it's down the road. But uh, yeah, you'll be remembering Jordan Hawkins' name uh, possibly next year, as early as next year. Let me ask you about the other team that made it to the final, San Diego State. They've been pretty strong here in the last couple of years. Actually, they've made a few good uh, appearances in this tournament. Are we seeing the uh, the rise of the Aztecs as a, as a big time program out there, West? You could. They're going to lose a few guys. Uh, it was it was pretty wild. They had always like made it to like the Sweet 16, but this was the first time a Mountain West team had made it past the Elite Eight ever. Remember back in 1990 when UNLV won it all, they were not part of the Mountain West, so they don't count. I know they're in the Mountain West now, but but yeah, San Diego State was the that first. That Rev's team doesn't count in a lot of different ways, actually. Yeah. I think some of those <laughs> games have been stricken for the record as well, but we love the Shark. <laughs> yeah, Shark is still biting on the, on the uh, towel there, but yeah. Uh, I I think if you're gonna throw out any team that could make a, a deep another deep run next year is Florida Atlantic. Man, they return eight out of nine starters. That's if none of them go to the the transfer portal. They extended their coach. Everyone thought maybe he would he he could leave, but he comes back, and they move to the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Houston moves out of that. Houston is going to move to the Big Twelve. So the, Florida Atlantic is probably going to be the favorite in the American Athletic Conference next year. If you can believe that, shout out Boca Raton. Listen, if there's one thing I love, Williams, it's AAC basketball. You know what I'm saying? I can't get enough of it. So I appreciate that. Mr. Williams, do you have any more nuggets on the tournament that you want to drop to us? Or are we okay to say goodbye to the tournament like one Mr. Jim Nance said goodbye to the tournament this year? Yeah, I just hope next year they do a better job with the seating. Like uh, we 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 said right from the start that Memphis Florida Atlantic should have never been a, a eight nine game. That game was awesome, but 
I mean, Memphis shouldn't have been out in the first round. Memphis could have easily been playing in the final four there. So, yeah, the, the, the committee just needs to do a better job with the seating wise uh, next year. But that's that's almost every year. So, hopefully yeah, we've, we've been crossed. on that, man. They need to stop trying to keep the little guy down. Absolutely. It's ridiculous because it would have been so fun to see that great Florida Atlantic Memphis game on into the Sweet 16 or maybe even the Elite Eight. So, come on, tournament committee do better but the ncaa very rarely almost never does better on anything so we're certainly not going to see anything great there as we said jim nance says goodbye to the tournament but when mr nance says goodbye to the tournament he tunes his eye to the south and we see the azaleas in bloom and we smell the magnolia in the air and our sandwiches our pimento cheese and our tea is sweet and our jackets are green and if we're talking about the masters you know we're bringing our dear old friend from out there in the desert. He's our golf pro. He's our guy. He's Matt Roberts. Matthew, hello. Hello, Roderick. How are you, sir? I am I'm lovely. It's wonderful to see you because we have a video component now where we can see. It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to talk to you, my friend. And it is Masters Week. I know you are you're probably a little bit more excited than me, but you know that I'm awfully excited for the Masters. And we have our uh, our handicapper here, Josh Williams who's been crunching out the numbers on the Masters. So we're going to we're gonna have a pros look at the Masters, and that's you, Mr. Roberts, and we're going to have a handicapper's look at the Masters. That's some exciting stuff this year. We're going big. I love that. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to crunch numbers. I'm not good at math. I'm a gut player. So uh, I'm just kind of going off what I see here. But, yeah, I mean, Monday morning, live at the Masters from the range, watching the guys warm up. It doesn't get any better. I mean, I don't know if that makes me a degenerate or not. I'm, I'm watching guys warm up at Augusta. You know, eight o'clock in the morning, my time, and uh, grinning ear to ear. It's, it's marvelous. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally excited for the Masters. Let me throw it over to Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams, when you began crunching the numbers for the Masters, what did you look at as the important numbers you wanted to look at when you started putting your figures together? Yeah, it's always. It, I mean, it's a second shot course, it seems like. Uh, the, there's going to be a ton of weather. In, the, in play here, possibly Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We, we, we could possibly, I know it's supposed to end on Easter Sunday, but this could possibly end on Monday. Um, just just in case you guys are working on Monday. That's, uh, yeah, the weather looks pretty nasty here. So, yeah, uh, strokes gained off the tee, always, always something to look at. Um, I got all kinds of stats here, so whatever you guys want to get to. Right. Tig- Tigers made the cut in 23 of 24 Masters. Let's go, Listen, Tiger. This is the Morganino podcast. We're certainly going to get to Tiger <laughs> at some point, but let's throw it over to our pro, Mr. Roberts. Who do you like right now? Who's your gut feeling? Are you are you liking somebody who's hot? Are you liking somebody who's due? Because I've seen you go both ways on this podcast in the past. Uh, I don't want to split right down the middle, but I mean, I feel like that. I think you can't not look at the guys that are playing well right now. I mean, we all thought Scotty Scheffler was having a terror last year, and all he's done is continue. Um, I He's kind of one of those guys I wouldn't mind seeing him win a back-to-back. In my heart of heart, Rod, and I think you'll agree with me on this, I'm fucking dying for the day Rory slips that green jacket on. Uh, in my opinion, there would be absolutely nothing better than Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, Sunday afternoon, tied, going into Augusta and watch that. That would be the most incredible thing that could happen. Yes, listen, I, I used to be a Brooks supporter, and I am no longer a supporter of anyone associated with Live Golf. So for the chance for Rory, who's been right there on our side, well, maybe not, I don't want to speak for you, Mr. Roberts, but on my side, being anti the Live Golf Tour and having plenty of things to say about him, that would be absolutely fabulous. Mr. Williams, I see you raising your hand, sir. I appreciate that. 
Yeah, there's only been two instances where a golfer won his first Masters after his 15th try there. That's Marco Mira and Sergio Garcia. Why is that significant? Rory tries to complete the Grand Slam in this, his 15th year at the Masters. Look out, Mark O'Meara. If you would have thought that we'd have gotten to Mark O'Meara before, I guess we got to Tiger before we got to Mark O'Meara, but if you thought we'd have gotten to him before, let's say we get to Phil Mickelson, right? That you wouldn't have, you wouldn't you wouldn't have guessed that probably, Mr. Roberts. Mark O'Meara shout out. I know you're a fan. Hey man, had one of the greatest uh, bald tan headlines I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, I'm gonna root for that guy. Yeah, that's about that was probably about as improbable win as uh, there probably had been in a long time, seeing Marco O'Mara win the Masters. Anybody that's listening to this probably doesn't even know who Marco O'Mara is, except for the, you and I, Rod. That's true. There's, listen, there's somebody out there. There's somebody out there that, that listens to Marco O'Mara. Hit us up on one of our social media channels and then show us your Marco O'Mara fan cave. We know you got one out there. All right, I love hearing Sergio there because that's another thing with the Masters. We have so many victories that just tug at the heartstrings. Sergio getting it done, even though he's now kind of gone back to being a douche again after winning at the Masters. But we were also happy for him that one year that he did it. Tiger's phenomenal first win. Tiger's phenomenal last win. Any Many other Tiger wins. Phil's first win. Freddie Couples. Jack Nicholas winning the old one. You know, who's who would be your tug at the heartstrings winner this year other than Roy McIlroy? Is, is it John Rahm? Because I'm just going to put words in your mouth and hope that it's John Rahm. No, I mean, the, the ultimate is tug at my heartstrings. I mean, I flip and cried the last time Tiger won the Masters. So, I mean, that's always going to get me, but Rory would be the one to get me. I think it would be like the Steve Young monkey off the back. Um, it frees him up. And honestly, I think if Rory would, would win the Masters, all he does is turn around and win 40 tournaments in a row after that. Like he's just loose, ready to rock. So that would be my sentimental, but I'm always going to, you know, in the back of my head, Tiger. Mr. Williams, who do, who's uh, who's somebody your numbers are looking at that we've uh, that we've yet to mention? Well, when you talk about the favorites, the only time the actual the lead favorite has won the Masters in the last like thirty years, <laughs> Tiger in 05, Tiger in 02, Tiger in 01, Tiger in ninety seven, and then Fred Couples back in nineteen ninety two. So there was. Yeah, shout out Fred Couples. Uh, between 07 and 11 is when you had some long shots come in. It's weird that that was like a five-year stretch. You had Schwartzel at 100 to 1 in 2011. You had Zach Johnson 125 to 1 in 07. Uh, Angel Cabrera 125 to 1 in 09. And then you have Trevor Immelman at the longest shot, 150 to 1 in 08. So it's weird that there was like a five-year stretch there where it was just all uh, like long shots there. But usually. It's, it's somebody who's coming in hot, like Robert said, usually like top 25 in strokes gained. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what's going on here. All right, Robert, so I'm going to throw two more names out at you, and these are guys that I bring up quite often because they're, they're, my, they're my sentimental favorites, right? I'm going to talk to you about a Tony Finau, and I'm going to talk to you about a Ricky Fowler. Do I got a shot with either one of them cashing in? You got more of a shot with Tony because I'm not 100% sure Ricky's in the field. That's a I don't for think my guy. he got in. Uh, he had to win last week to get in, and he did not win. So. Yeah, Fowler's not in. Yeah, That's a bummer for my Tony. Guy. I mean, he, he wearing plays a, sl- well. a slick Falcons outfit. Does he still wear the NFL stuff? Would he be wearing a slick Falcons outfit? Ricky. Yeah, doesn't he, he used to wear like NFL theme stuff? Didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he do the paint Stewart for a while? Puma. No. He wears the Puma, the orange Puma. Yeah. Always oh. an orange. He doesn't really do that anymore either. So I mean, you guess you're. He wears a lot of Oklahoma State stuff. Uh, but, you know, I went to school there. He's a man. He's 40. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you guys have, you know, been on the PGA full swing documentary. I don't know if you took that in. Uh, if you didn't like Tony Finau before or didn't know who he was, in my opinion, he stole the show. 
Uh, okay. That guy was incredible on there. His family structure, what they do for him, what he does for them. Um, I'd love to see him play well. I mean, we all remember when he blew out his ankle on the par three course and pops it back in and goes, I think, finished top five that year. That's so I mean, he's got some game around there. You, it's. I know we talk about strokes gain. Williams, you're going to say that to me, but it's also – those guys, those are the, the wonkiest greens on the planet. So you get a guy who can work the ball, a guy that can putt, a guy that can bomb it. Tony Finau's right in there. You know, the, he could be in the mix. I, I like I like Tony Finau there. I think he always plays well. Um, yeah, it could happen. But Ricky, I mean, unless something drastic happens that he becomes a member of Augusta and qualifies by Thursday, I don't think he's getting in. Oh man, that's a bummer. I should have done a little more research before I asked that question, but it's just how I knew much it was other coming at some point. See, you know, you know. I already mentioned Rom earlier, right? We're not going to talk about Phil as much as I love Phil. Tiger, Tiger, we've talked about a little bit. Mr. Williams, give us a couple of a couple of bets that uh, that look like pretty good bets to you, not necessarily winner bets. Yeah, this is uh, I love this guy. Top ten. Uh, there's a list of players who have gained the most strokes relative to their baseline at Augusta, adjusted for rounds played. Top seven. Is a guy named Willie Zalatoris, and he's going to be an awesome DFS play this week also under 5%. Roberts hates it. He hates it. Tell Push me why. Back, Roberts, why? Why do, we, why do we not like he, it? He doesn't like his putting, I'm going to guess. Have you seen him putt this year? <laughs> okay, so my pushback on that is if it's going to be he, extra he's rainy. Casually yeah. good at the. I mean, his strokes game putting aren't terrible, but that stroke is atrocious. Yeah, he's. I yeah, I agree with you. He's projecting out well in some of the uh, some of the metrics that I'm seeing. So yeah, we'll we'll see on that. And he's he's supposed to be super low owned. That's that's more. DFS game theory style. So, uh, but yeah, top 10, you can get them plus 320. I kind of like that. Um, yeah, but I understand, I understand the putting thing. All right, Mr. Roberts, give us a number. What do you think with the rain that we're talking about? Give us a number. What do you think the, the cut's going to be at? I guess let's do it that way. I mean, if it stays rainy and, you know, we won't even get into ball roll back here, but those guys that can bomb it and keep it in the fairway. They're throwing darts at greens. I mean, the worst thing that could happen for this tournament is is it be soaked. Um, I mean, cut-wise, if it's like that, you're probably looking four or five, my guess. If it's dry, you might be down in that one-two region, maybe three. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Because we talk about it so often, that the game with these big hitters, right? Like that, if, if you can get it out there and you can keep it in the fairway, it is just that much of an advantage. And then you say the wonky greens, which is where Augusta tries to bring it back and take it away from those guys that can bomb it. If they're, you're going to be able to stick those with, you know, wedge, nine, eight, you know, at the worst from anywhere on the fairway. I mean, that's going to, we could see a guy putting up a, you know, a, a double digit win, right? Of under par, which doesn't happen at Augusta very often. No, you could you could see the scores real low if it gets wet like that. Because I mean, those guys from 100 yards in, 150 yards are incredible. And if they're not worried about a ball rolling back or or not biting, I mean, they're just going to attack pins. But every you know, it's a Masters week. We got to talk about Augusta's sub air fans underneath the greens. They can control the firmness, the wet, the moisture, all that underneath. So, you know, it'd have to be monsoon season to really affect those greens. So. All right, Williams, give us a couple more Tiger Nuggets. I bet you got a couple more Tiger Nuggets. Anything else for us on Tiger? <laughs> well, I had I actually had I, I had one that most people won't know about. It's top amateur. I got this guy, Gordon Sargent. 
He got a special exemption after he won the NCAA championship title as a freshman. Whoa. At Vandy. The kid can play. He's uh by from what I've seen, he's by far the best amateur out on the field. You can get you can still get him at plus odds, but sharps are really hitting that number. So if you can if you can find it at plus money, I mean I that I would that would be one bet that I would uh, advise on. Roberts, I bet you got a scattering report on this guy. Let's have it. Kid's an absolute stud, but he is also a part of my favorite uh, news story to come out of Augusta this week. He was confused for a finalist in the drive chip and putt contest that was being held over the weekend before, and he went to go ask about where the player dining was, and they sent him with all the kids. Uh, oh, and he's there wow. to play in the big boy tournament. So oh, wow. he got a good chuckle out of it, and uh, I, that's been my, my favorite story so far this week. Oh, nice. Well, it sounds like he's got a good, uh, he's got a good, he's got, he's a good shit. So we don't bust his chops if he took that well. That's good. Because we need more cool people on the PGA Tour to follow. We need a good story at Augusta. Mr. Williams, who are you going to predict to our listeners is going to win? You gave out a top 10. You gave out a top amateur. Come on. Feet to the fire, my friend. What do you got? Oh, man. I'm going off the board slightly. This guy has... uh <laughs> if you're if you're on him, he has a tendency to uh, collapse late. But I have I have some faith in him here. I'm gonna go Xander Shawflay gets it done at the Masters. Xander, the handicapper gives out Xander's. Josh, I appreciate you so much for giving us some Masters handicapping, telling us all about the tournament. We, uh, I guess we'll check back in with you maybe around NFL draft time. I think that's usually the next time that we hear from Mr. Williams with some draft nuggets. So uh, thank you very much for your participation this evening, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And Mr. Roberts, my friend, the Masters, any parting words on the beauty, the majesty that is Masters weekend before we say goodbye and let you get back to your – you still have plenty of time out there in the desert. You got a whole night ahead of you out there. Oh, man, the uh, the night is young for me out here. No, I, I think my, my parting shot is just it's probably one of the prettiest tournaments you can watch all year. So even if you just want to see some cool flowers or some scenery and then, you know, some guys smash a golf ball around a little bit, it's it's one of the fun ones to watch. And uh, one thing that we did neglect to talk about on this, though, is Jordan Spieth's streak of winning on Easter. If this, uh, if this continues, he's won the last two Easters. Sunday is Easter. Right, Has he so risen? Then- has he risen? Look at you. Look at you. So did did I actually – did we get your official pick? Did I make you, you give your not. official pick at the beginning? All right. So the, who are you going to give as your official pick then? I, I think for the first time in a long time, we're going to see a repeat winner. I think Scotty's oh. going to take it. Okay. Back to back. I think he's back. just nails Jacks. right now. Yep. It hasn't been done, I think, since, what, Tiger probably? Yeah. Just you know, like in basketball, you can say Wilt Chamberlain. Like anytime you're just guessing a record, right, with golf, you could probably say Tiger Woods and you're probably okay. Yeah, I think so. And also, his name was brought up earlier. How about shout out to Angel Cabrera getting out of jail? Uh, he's you know trying to get back playing golf again. You don't get Hell to talk yeah, a lot man, about. Yeah, you know, we need we need back. That yeah, guy was always a character. Yeah, look, good for him. And speaking of characters, our guy Chris King was unable to join us this time. Mr. Roberts, I know you were probably disappointed in that. You couldn't take any shots at the old man. I know you always enjoy that. Well, he was there when golf was invented, so I don't have anything <laughs> bad to say about him. That is very true. But he is going to join us on the other side here when Mr. Jim Riska takes over and drives us on the NBA fast break.
Welcome to the Fast Break, the fastest 15 or so minutes in the NBA. You are on Balls and Brew. I am Jimmy. Rod and Chris are here as always. Gentlemen, we are in the final week. We are NBA Fantasy Championship Week. We have so much to talk about, but of course, Rod, we are going to talk about lighten it up. Not that, Rod. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are six and four in their last 10. They have two possible all NBA uh players on their team and they are looking at the Warriors right now in the first round of the playoffs that could change by the time this podcast ends Rod how you feeling about our Kings especially after that loss to the Spurs yeah that was that was ugly right like I had a hope in my heart that maybe the Kings were going to sneak up and take that number two seed because they're still technically not mathematically eliminated from it so they still you know but it's probably not going to happen you're right they're locked into the Warriors but here would be my thought on that are we 100% sure that they should be worried about playing the Golden State Warriors at this point, right? We're hearing so much talk about the Kings are a pushover. The Warriors have all the championship medal. While that may be true, the Kings have played far superior basketball to the Golden State Warriors. And Chris, you talked about this last week. Golden State has nine victories on the road, and the Sacramento Kings are the only team in the West that has an above 500 road record. So I'm fired up about the matchup. How are you feeling about the beam lighters? Yeah, listen, I'm I'm kind of with you. I don't get scared with the Warriors at all. I really do think that that's a team that doesn't play great defense. And if you want to beat the Kings in a series, you better play some great defense because their offense is going to be that good. Yeah, I I'm not at, and with the Wiggins situation, I'm really uh, the, the the Kings are doing okay against the Warriors. If you're going to play the Warriors, you want to play them first because. Wiggins is probably going to come back, but there might be some transition to go in there. Uh, very interesting next couple of days for the Kings. And of course, take the, next the over. Weeks if the well. Kings and the Warriors play in the first round of the playoffs, just take the over. Every game they play in, just take the over and you'll probably be fine. We have to, have to, have to do something about this situation. The momentum is dying. I don't understand no more distractions, but I do believe we should all follow one path in life. Hubris and ego and pride. Sorry. All that was a complete lie. I don't often swing at organizations. I tend to pick out idiotic comments by one person or a bad decision by a person or a coach. But this time, I've got to swing at the big boys, the NBA themselves. The guys up in Secaucus, when they were carving out the new collective bargaining agreement with the players absolutely completely caved in to the everybody gets ice cream everybody gets a trophy and well actually this stat nerd crowd on twitter and completely threw the entire history of the all nba into a trash can set it on fire and proceeded to piss on it by allowing the All-NBA team to be positionless. This is completely a joke. There is something to be said for being the top two guards. Sure, there's four or five great guards in the league in one season, but having to make the choice for who the top two were for the first team meant something. I'm sorry, Joel Embiid, who everyone knows I love. I'm sorry that you got beat out for first team last year because only centers could make it. One on the one first team, one on the second. This positionless stuff 
is ridiculous. It already exists in the MVP ballot. You have it one through five for a reason. So you could pick out who the five best players in the league were that way. This all positionless stuff is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. We're going to have years where four centers are going to be on the first team, three guards, two forwards. It's going to be absolute ridiculousness. I understand that we needed to address the strict position implements on the All-NBA team due to the new form of basketball that is played, but we took it entirely too far because a bunch of nerds on Twitter said we had to. Shame on you, NBA. I don't like it either. I, I, I agree with Rod. You need to have a distinction between guards, forwards, centers. Um, I don't think it has to do with needing more than one center on the first team as much as it is this new all-purpose type unicorn player who is almost seven foot, handles the ball, uh, plays the center position or guards the center on the other side. I mean, you have guys like Giannis or Luka who don't necessarily fit into a particular position all the time, but still, you put them as a forward or a guard, those guys aren't centers, and you move on. You gotta have, you gotta have positions. We have positions in basketball. That's how it is. You have to have positions in all NBA. All right, Chris, I appreciate that. Um, Rod, I can't believe you and Chris are actually agreeing on something for once. This is uh, what's going on. Are you an old man or is he younger? Uh, you know, it's it's really hard to tell because to be quite honest, back in Chris's original days, the all NBA was positionless. I believe it was 1949 to 1955. It was positionless and then they switched it up. So I guess he's not really a traditionalist here. He's more on my side of the fence as the uh, youngsters, I guess, would be my only thing there. And I it was like I have a little more. It was like prohibition. Yeah, there you go. I have a little. It was like prohibition. They tried it. It didn't work out. We went back. <laughs> I have a little more flexibility, though. I'd be willing to go to a guard front court type situation, right? Because, Jimmy, I hear what you're saying. Jokic is a center, but he runs the team. So you could say he's a guard if you wanted to, but he still basically plays center because we have ways of tracking what position guys play in. But I'd be fine if you wanted to give me guard front court. You know what I mean? You wanted to do you want to do guard wing big. You know what I mean? You got to have two, two, one of that. Like I I'd have been willing for some sort of a give, but this just no positions whatsoever just has me burned. And maybe, maybe back court versus front court. Then you got three positions that can either be forwards or centers at that point in time. And you still have your two guards essentially in the, in the back court. So back court, front court, that'd be, as close as I would get to positionless. So I believe the people who vote for all NBA are also the people who vote for the MVP. So my question is, if you have to have five people on the MVP, right? Aren't Isn't that your first team every single year? First team in all NBA, your five MVP candidates. Why wouldn't that? Isn't that it right now moving forward? Well, I think another. No, because if you have two centers in that MVP discussion or three, then no. Why not? They can't be. The, the the if if a center wins MVP, he's going to be first, he's got to be first team All NBA. Yeah. You're not going to give you're not going to give the first team All NBA to a guy that was second in the MVP voting to a guy in his same position. Yeah, but wouldn't group. you give? But so you've got five positions in All NBA moving forward. It's positionless. So those five people. Let's look at our MVP table. We're going to kind of combine things here because why the hell not? It's our show. We can the MVP table. 
We had last week, we had Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Sabonis, and SGA was at our table. Why isn't that our first team All-NBA? If that's the five most important people in the league, why isn't that the first team All-NBA then, Chris? Because you can't have three centers on the All-NBA. Oh, my God, you can. Moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you have the MVP, which is a positionless award. The All-NBA should be position-based. But it that ain't. Way, like Rod said, it needs to be. Oh, my God. Rod, Listen, Jimmy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to further blow your mind here, Jimmy. I'm going to further blow your mind. I support Shea being at the MVP table, but I do not have Shea as one of my first two All-NBA guards. Because I am with Chris here and what I was trying to argue for, I think the All-NBA speaks to the best at positions, right? That's what the All-NBA is, right? It's a – here's the – No, it's here's not. The, not anymore. The, okay, it's not, and that's fine. And I'm saying – but yeah. what I, I still believe it should be, here's the first set of best guards, here's the second set of best guards, and here's the third. Here's the first set of forwards and so on, right? And I think another part of the argument that you're trying to get at here, Jim, and I think it can be articulated this way, DeAndre Jordan was a third-team All-NBA center numerous times, sometimes first-team because of the dearth of centers at times. And so people will use that as Absolute an argument horse. as well. Yeah. But then yeah. He, can, he can get bounced off. So I see it from both ends, but I no just question. like the idea of you, you've got to be the, one of the best guards. And I don't have Shea as one of the best guards in the NBA, but I have him as an MVP candidate because the Thunder would be nothing without him. All right, so the MVP table, we're going to get back to the uh, new collective bargaining agreement here in a second, but since we're talking about the MVP table, Rod, we didn't get a chance to get your opinions on some of this. Embiid did not play against Jokic. Uh, Embiid has not played in Denver, I think. I think he's only played in Denver twice in his career, maybe once in his career. Uh, Is that enough for you to knock Embiid off, or it's an 82-game season, Embiid's the best? No, it's not enough for me to knock Embiid off. I mean, I'm certainly pro Embiid. I've been a champion of his uh, his fan club for quite a long time. But, you know, listen, Denver is a different thing for people, all right? And we just can't be quick to rush judgment on folks, right? Some folks can't play out there in that mountain air, and Joel Embiid's had a lot of injuries over his career. And if he needs to sit out in Denver, that's fine. I'm not going to come after him, Jim. I'm not. I'm sure you're shocked you to take that take. I'm very shocked. Uh, SGA on the list. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go see the Pacers and Thunder play uh, in Indianapolis where the Pacers defeated the Thunder without Tyrese Halliburton. You're welcome, Rod. Uh, and uh, and or Miles Turner uh, on their team. I will tell you, Shy, and it's Shy, sorry. Shy um, had a quiet 39 points. He just, he just comes down and scores all the time. Uh, very solid overall. He was the leader of that team, still young, but without him, I think they would just be levels and levels below. Uh, Chris King, are you still on Embiid? And then what do you think about Shai still being on the uh, MVP table? Yeah, Embiid's still head of the table for me. Um, And yeah, Shai, you're you're right. A quiet 39. He's been almost too under the radar because he's been so consistent the whole year there's no been no ups or downs or anything like he's just scoring 30 points a night night in night out leading that team and you're right if he wasn't there they'd be right down there with detroit houston san antonio what do we think about games played jimmy do you take that into account when we're talking mvp table because i know i did when we got to all nba so i did a little bit with all nba um I was, it was really tough for me in a couple of them. So the new collective bargaining agreement says you have to have at least 65 games played. But there is a huge asterisk on that. 
Yeah. Huge asterisk. It's a, it's it's actually a, a, it's a number that doesn't matter. It's going to end up being another your, fight, another point of contention that people are going to yeah. fight about. Because well, if your team has decided to shut you down, it doesn't really count. Or if this happens, or if that happens, I liked having a hard number at sixty-five. I think the condition should be um, in the games that basically, if 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 you played a minute in a game, that game does not count as a game played. It needs to be something along the lines of what is your normal minutes? And, and you know, a percentage of that, that's fine because not everyone's going to play We're all the talking time. Talking to that's, you, AC fine. Green, your fraudulent game started streak that was just minutes and then you'd be taken out of the game never to be seen again late in your career. We're talking to you here, AC Green. Yeah, it's and, or Kawhi. See, it's weird from like last week when Kawhi didn't play in the second half. To me, that's fine. And actually, that's probably better for load management than anything else because you're still moving. Kawhi, around. You're still a pioneer in. again, Jimmy. Kawhi, a pioneer of load management you. again. Oh, when that happened, I, I, I could see the internet just blowing up on that. Uh, but again, you still got to see him play. I like the 65 games played, but this all this too little many. like asterisk too stuff. It's too it's many, man. Because as I too got many. to look at the it is. It's too many. Yeah, well, I got to no look one at would the be, numbers yeah. this year. I got to looking at the numbers this year. Do you know how many great guys from this year are just off? And if the number was at fifty five, how many more great guys then get put into the discussion? Sixty five is too high of a number. I'm sorry. Man, I wish it was. We argued games, about this though. all That's the crazy. time. But we got to live in the now. We got to accept the future, the way these guys play, the way the medical staff handles these guys these days, the way AAU beats on their bodies because one Zion Williamson is 23 years old and has less than 100 games played. I mean, so we just have to be real about this. The number should be at 55 because that puts them at least above 50%. And that's really going to be the best we're going to be able to do, I think. Another thing that came out, Chris King, is an in-season tournament that we do not have all of the information for. But the weird thing is, 30 is not divisible in tournament for you have to have 32, you have to have 28. You can't have 30. So it could it could lead to one team having to play more games than every other team in the NBA. Now, again, this is all just small stuff. We haven't heard the entire details yet. What do you think about the in-season tournament, and what could they possibly give any team to have them care about this in-season tournament, Chris? They're taking after European football is what they're taking after, and that's to try and prevent tanking. You have essentially two championships a year now. You have the best regular season, and then you have that in-season tournament that culminates in a championship. And for the way in Europe, the way they do it is a home-and-home, and and it's total goals scored versus against. Um, In the NBA, you'd have to do – Is this Stadio? What's happening right now? Is this Stadio? I thought this was the fast break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyways you'd have to do like a three game a best of three for each each team i don't know how you would work it out with 30 teams you may have to have somebody miss out or i don't know but that's what they're trying to do rod it sounds like a lot of people want a lot of trophies uh again i i, I just i don't see the point unless you i know i've heard some things if you guarantee a playoff spot for somebody or you guarantee a you give extra money to bring somebody in. But again, do the players care about that? The playoff spot, they probably do. 
No, the players don't care about it, but here's the bottom line. You still have a contractual agreement with the players to play 82 games. So however Adam Silver wants to package up a couple of those regular season games, it doesn't really matter to me. So if they want to put some okay. lipstick on a turd and tell me that it's the David J. Stern Cup, good for that, man. You know, if TNT wants to play a, a couple more million to get that on, you know, over a Thanksgiving weekend, you know, whatever, whatever it happens to be, I guess that wouldn't be the midseason tournament. More around Christmas time, I guess, is when they'd be trying to do it. Fine, whatever, good for the NBA. Whatever innovation they want to do to try to make things seem a bit more important and a bit more uh, not as throwawayable, that's a really great way that I just saved that one right there. As most regular season NBA games, I'm for it. Well, well, they're going to try. They want to do this so they can eliminate that that playoff structure at the end of the season. They want to have this in season tournament that eventually will involve all teams, so all teams will have a chance at this I'm tournament every that. year. And that's not the question and I was then, asked. I'm not for that, and that wasn't the question. I, I, I was know. Asked. I I'm just saying. Trying to turn this into a soccer argument again. <laughs> and notice, I said soccer because I'm American. <laughs> I'm not from Canada or somewhere else. I said soccer. Soccer originated in Britain. He, oh God! All right, so <laughs> let's sound those trumpets for the Kings Hardwood Hierarchy. Chris King. Last week we had the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Cavs, the Queens, the Bucks, the Princes, and your jester were the Phoenix Suns. I have a feeling that's going to change a little this week. Some will. I'm actually going to keep Memphis uh, at the top. They've still won eight out of the last ten. I know they lost the other night, but they're still the hottest team in the West right now. Um, they really did turn things around when they were going in the opposite direction, and they're continuing that trend. Um, so that's, that is your king. Um, I am going to put uh, – I'm going to go ahead and this is tough because I want, I know this is what you've done for me lately, but there's a couple teams that have been winning lately and showing that they shouldn't be overlooked. And I know this is the East and there's essentially three great teams in the East that are probably going to come out, but I want to give some love to both the Knicks and Cleveland. So is that a tie or are they the so next wait, two are we, are we having a tie for Queen? No, they're just that's the queen and prince okay. in whatever order you want to pick. But no, like, no, whatever order we want to pick, it's, it's the king's list. hardwood, the king's hardwood yeah. hierarchy. Who's then we're going Knicks, Knicks, Queen, Cavs, Prince. They both they've been finishing out the year strong, even though they lost Randall. They haven't had Randall. They've still won four in a row. Um, I love this gimmick more and more every st- time we do it. <laughs> Seven out of the last ten. What any list you want? It's your list. We don't give a shit. <laughs> they deserve it. I oh, think, you know, they the jester? Do. Who's the jester? Who's the jester? I love it. Listen, I got my guesses. Come on, bring it to me. Who's okay, wait. No, no. Now, wait a minute. It's the San. An- it's the memorial. The San Antonio Houston uh, Memorial Jester of the Year Award goes Detroit. To <laughs> Welcome to the party, Portland. Right. Welcome yeah. to the party, Portland. Listen, it's Philadelphia. Oh! They, they have been playing 500 ball of late. They're not proven. It's like, it's like, hey, Boston we Celtics know. by five as we tape. Yeah, and, and so, like, they're, they're still not necessarily out of Cleveland's reach yet for that three seed. Um, you 
can't just kind of coast into the playoffs and expect to have a lot of success. One of those top three teams are going to be out in the second round. It's mathematically impossible for it not to happen. So Philadelphia needs to turn it around and step it up. Otherwise, that's going to be them. That is your King's Hardwood Hierarchy, Chris King's list of the Hardwood Hierarchy. We really appreciate that. We are going to do something that we haven't done here before. We're going to elongate a little bit uh, fast break. I think it's a fun conversation to have, and I'm the host, so we're going to do it. We're going to do our all-NBA teams, and I cannot wait for Rod to destroy me on some of my picks, which will be great. I appreciate that a lot. So (laughs) all-NBA, a lot of things to uh, consider here. Uh, I'm going to start off. My uh, One of my all-NBA guards is Luka Doncic. I have him on the first team. I think that even though it has been a dismal, dismal season for the Mavs, uh, Luka has played with grace, with elegance. Uh, <laughs> he scores a lot of points, and he's good. That's why he's on my first team uh, all-NBA. Any, any qualms with that? Anybody else have Luka on their first team? If not, Rod, where is Luka on your all-NBA, if he's on there at all? No, he's my first team guard. Okay. Chris King? Yeah, I agree with that. He made my first team. Okay, Chris King. There we go. All right, Rod, let's go to you. Uh, give me another person on your first team. Who you want to go with? Uh, I'm going to go to the uh, – let's just get the guard out of the way. I'm going to go to the other guy I put on the first team guard, and that is one Donovan Mitchell of your Cleveland Cavaliers. The guy's played mostly all year. I, I have a nod to games played here. Like I have some guys on here that only played about 55, but that was yeah, that was my lowest mark. But then if you got higher than that, then I bumped you up more teams, so Mitchell plays on the first team. First team guard was my most difficult. I went back and forth a lot between SGA and, and Mitchell. Um, I, I have Mitchell on my second team, so I wonder who's on my first team. But I do have Mitchell on my second team. Chris King, how about Mitchell for you? Um, I am right there with you, Jimmy. My other guard is SGA. Mitchell made my second team. I kind of thought that was where we were at. That's why I wanted to go there. I like that. Chris, who, who okay. give us one of yours now? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to go right to forward. Um, Giannis. I don't think there's any doubt with anybody. He's a first-team All-NBA. First name I wrote down. Yeah. It's the easiest easiest name to write down. He's been amazing again. Uh, he has improved. I love that about Giannis. And in fact, he's... MVP, why he's still improving? Every so overlooked for MVP this year, he could easily he be MVP. Uh, who's the best player in the league? Giannis. Okay, he's the yep. MVP. You yep. know, um, and who's got the best player. record in the league? The Bucks. So tell Bucks. me why Giannis is an MVP. Uh, because, you know, here uh, I am arguing for Embiid, but I'm, I'm buying because the center that that my first team center Joel Embiid is is uh, my MVP, and he's my first team center. I think yep. we all have Embiid as first team. Correct. Embiid and Giannis. I think the question here is who's the other forward on the first team. Well, yeah, I have Embiid as my first team center as well. All right, Rod, who you got? I got Jay Tatum as my other first team forward. Okay, Chris, I think he's played the year. Oh, he's played. He's played mostly all year. Right? We can't take away how magnificent he was for the beginning stretch for the Celtics. He still basically has been a stabilizing force for him here as they've kind of righted the ships toward the playoffs. He's one of the you know one of the guys who can get a bucket in a lot of different ways out there. He can play pretty darn good defense, which I think is ultimately why I gave him the bump here over uh, another guy who I just absolutely love. But that's who I got as my other first team forward. All right, Chris King, who do you have? Yeah, I have Tatum. Easily. I mean, he's been everything that Boston has needed when they needed it for the most part. Um, He is second overall in estimated wins added. 
that's a first team all NBA player. Yeah, I think he's he's been terrific all season. Obviously, up, ups and downs as the Celtics have gone, but really he's been consistent, and that's what I like to see in a uh, first team All NBA. Uh, Rod uh, SGA was on my first team and Chris's as well. Did he make your second team, third team, or not at all for SGA? He's my uh, he's he was the first guy I wrote down on the uh, second team. I was like, I just I, I went, I knew I went Luca, and then I finished out the first team, and then the first guy I wrote down on the second team was Shea because I knew that I just edged Donovan over him. So absolutely, he's my first uh, second team guard. Okay, now I think we're going to get some difference differences moving forward here. Chris King, give me somebody else on your second team All NBA. We're going to stick with guards. Logo Lillard. Okay, he's on my Whoa! second team. Whoa. So Whoa. Lillard had a great games stretch. Played. 58 games played and shut down by his team. And I I could not I couldn't get him on the all NBA at all. I'm I not gonna either. lie. I, I, I just couldn't do it. Chris, I I'm not mad at you. I'm I not mean, either. He's a great wrong, player, but I couldn't do but, it. Uh, uh I, I couldn't do it, but uh he did have a he did have a great season. It's just been weird these past couple of weeks, you know. I mean, it really has been when you have someone having a uh, a renaissance, a resurgence, another R word, whatever. That okay, okay. This I want to rattle off some stats yeah, just ahead. so you guys I, I'm know. Disagree- I'm, well, I'm disagreeing, but I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay, he's personal, personal he's best. best, personal best. This. 32.2 points per game, yes. a 64.5 true shooting percentage, yes. and 9.5 free throw attempts per game. Um, he's never averaged more points per shot attempt or posted a higher assist percentage than he has this year. And that's why the he dude sucks. has been remarkable. Listen, he he reached that 55 game threshold, and that's Rod. I agree with you. That's kind of where I was at. I needed to see a guy play about 55 or more games. It's not his fault. He got shut down. He has played phenomenal. We it had is, him knocking on the door. Up. It's his fault that he passed all those other terrible players and Portland's not doing well. He should have should have been at like 36, 37, and then maybe he'd have made my all-NBA <laughs> team because Portland be in the playoff chase. This is a ridiculous take out of you, old man. Rod, you had him knocking on the MVP table one day because he came out with a 50-point game. No, I said we just needed to give him his respect, which I totally agree with. He's one of my honorable mentions. That's all the respect he's going to get playing for that dumpster fire of a franchise Blazers. Okay, Rod. So here's so here's the thing. Who's your second team guard? Your other John ja Morant. John ja Morant. All right. I got Ja. He played a bunch of games, right? Sure, he had his nonsense. And if we're gonna start knocking down NBA players because of nonsense off the court, there's a whole lot of guys that are gonna be moved out of Springfield. All right. So let's just you know, it is what it is. Job ja paid his penance, I guess, in the way penance gets paid in 2023 these days. So he played plenty of games. He played magnificently. He's a highlight a night. He's leading a small market franchise. I mean, John Morant's got to be my second team guard. I went back and forth with second and third team for Ja. I moved him to third. Um, I, he's had a terrific year, and he really hasn't missed that much, a beat since coming back. Uh, the Grizzlies are a contender now again, so I really do like Ja. Um so he's my third team. My second team was De'Aaron Fox. He's has an amazing season for the Kings. Got to li- give our Kings some uh, credit there. And what a turnaround for Fox uh, over the past year. So I really think he deserved uh, the shot at the number at uh, the second team All NBA. So I've got him there. Fox um, not on go. my ballot. Fox was not on your ballot. Okay, not wow. on my ballot. How about Jalen Brown? Is he on your ballot? Because he's my forward for second team. I have Jalen Brown on third team. Okay. Okay. Chris King, how about Jalen Brown for you? 
Nope. Not at all. Wow. How about Fox for you? Anything? Yeah, I got Fox on the 13. Fox on the 13 for you. Okay. All right. All right. Let me go here, Jim. Do you guys have yep. Jimmy Butler? Because he's a second team forward for me. Second team forward? Yes, I have him as a second team forward as well. I had him third team forward. Okay. Third team. Jimmy Butler's going to come looking for you, Jimmy. He's probably going to come looking I, for me for putting him second team. I love Jimmy Butler. He should still be a bull. I don't know why they ever let him go. Because they didn't want to pay him because they didn't think he'd be this good five years from now. And look what they would have gotten five years of what Jimmy Butler's just been. Could, would you take that in Chicago? I think we might have taken that from Chicago. Might have, might have. Um, can I interest you in a Lori Markinen anywhere? Lori oh, my Markinen. second team, Butler second and Markinen are my second team forwards. Uh, Chris King, you have Lori anywhere? Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Look at you, just hating on the Jazz. You always have hated the people of Utah, Chris. There's something with you and the Mormons, man. I'm not allowed to speak on anything that may or may not have happened <laughs> in the state of Utah. <laughs> What about Denver? Can we talk about Denver? Jokic is the second, team. second team center. We second, knew that. That's why none team. of us brought it up. We all got Jokic as second team center. Yep. All right. And Chris King, I think I have a forward from you still that I need. Uh, second team forward. Yeah. We have, He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it, isn't he? He's going to do it. Mitchell, He's going to put Butler, his guy Jokic. right here, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I am. You know who I am. It's Julius Randle. I knew it. Oh, wow. Second team's okay. way too high. I considered him for third team, but ultimately he's honorable mention for me. Yeah, I, me too. That You know, he's had a hell of a year, though. Absolutely. Awesome has as much Randall. as it pains me to say, yeah. but he's had a hell yeah. of a year. And, like, he's really he's been, been consistent yeah, since, since he's been with the Knicks. He plays all the time, lots of minutes, and you know he's getting grinded by Thibodeau. So he's putting in the work, and he still constantly gets it. And you know done. what else? He's he's a serviceable defender, and doesn't get enough credit for that. He really is a serviceable defender and a pretty good rebounder. So he's a guy that just doesn't kill you on any facet of the game. He's not going to wow you and make any highlights. You know what I mean? He's kind of like an old guy at the Y, sort of, with some of his moves. But man, if he doesn't just get it done. And again, somebody who the past year has just. 180 degrees from where he was this time last year. Knicks fans are ready to drive into the airport for anybody. And they want to trade in for Russell Westbrook in a heartbeat uh, over the summer. Think about that. What would happen? What would have happened there? Um, so I think that uh, he had, is well deserving there. Here's where um, it gets interesting. Third team. Jimmy, just read your third team. That's how we should do it here. You read, so you read I'm your third go team. Sabonis so, so is on my third team center. Okay. I Actually, I agree with you easy. there, and I bet Chris agrees. I bet we all have Sabonis there. Chris, you got Sabonis as third team center? All yes. right, there we go. So the yeah, it's the two right. forwards and the two guards on the third team. This is where we're going to get some wild answers, I bet. Okay. I really hate my forward pick. I really I really hate my forward oh, pick. Oh, no, you might I have kinda the same like one I do. Better. Um, I'm going to go guard first. I got Steph Curry uh, as third team guard. So do I. Okay. If he plays all four of these games for the Warriors this week, he's going to hit 57 games played. And he's been everything for the Warriors because there ain't been much when he hasn't played. Yes, Chris King is uh, Curry on your yes. list. Okay. Oh, you got him too. Okay. Yes. Nice. Okay. I didn't think we'd agree on Steph Curry. Wow. I thought I'd be taking crap for not putting Lillard there and not putting Booker there, who's only going to play in 55 games. Okay. I think forward might be interesting for all of us. Rod, I still need a guard out of you. Who's your, you got, who's this your is, guard? This is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. I can't believe nobody thought of this guy. This guy's only played all year long he's been the actual consistent force for the minnesota timberwolves anthony edwards is my third team guard selection 
I can't really argue that's with that. That's pick. a solid pick. You're wrong. You're not wrong on anything you say. <laughs> You're wrong. He just he just did not make my See, cut. See, Fox didn't make my cut, right? Like it's just okay. Fox was the one down there for honorable mention for me. And I just I wanted to give Don't. Ant credit because Minnesota seemed cratered, right? And all that happened was they turned the ball over to that kid and he continues to get to the hole. It continues to improve his three point ability and continues to be able to distribute. And Minnesota's looking a little bit more and more like they might stabilize if they get rid of Carl Anthony Towns, Mr. Poopy Face, anytime he doesn't get the ball for as many shots as he wants. The one reason I like Fox over over Ant is the clutch shooting. You and clutch. Fox has you been clutch and stock it's, with you every time. <laughs> I like guys who perform when it matters most. And guys, see, even Hank. Hank is Let's agreeing go, with Hank. me right now. That's it, man. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. If Chris is going if, if Hammer and Hank is in, I'm wrong. All right, how about forwards? Right, speak, speaking about being wrong, I'm wrong on this. He's played forty five games. It's oh, Kevin Durant. No. I got Durant. Yes, he's on mine too. No. I'm sorry because when Listen, he's I played like myself, I don't like when myself. he's played. Why not LeBron James he, or Kawhi Leonard over him? Because fuck LeBron James. I'm oh, sorry. Come on. No. And Kawhi. It was. Come on. LeBron James was was honorable mention for me. I, I did kind of want to put him there. Um, I just think that Durant has performed better when he's played than what Durant LeBron has. And the I can't take Durant acquired the same thing, and you guys both scoff they at are. Kawhi. Kawhi's done it for longer. <laughs> well, Kawhi's played 53 games this year. Durant's only going to get to 49, and Durant blew up one team. Oh, man, that's uh, – Listen, I'm not proud I'm not of myself. I'm happy with who I have on forwards instead of Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant did not make my list. Well, who do you have? I have Anthony Davis. Oh my God! He's gonna play fifty six games. Yeah. If you're not gonna give, if yeah. you're not gonna give LeBron James an All NBA spot, and the Lakers are gonna maybe end up being possibly even the five seed by the end of this week. I mean, I don't know who else then. So I got Anthony Davis as the four with Jalen Brown. I mean, That's he, who I got. He, on my he's had game. two stretches where he's been the best player in the league this year. So he was my honorable mention at center. I had him at my at a center position, yeah. but I went. So I'd have Adebayo as actually the as the four. Uh, Adebayo was my center would be was, my Bam, and that's there. why I put Anthony Davis at four because Anthony Davis so, plays more forward than Bam ever does. So would would your first team have changed if with the new rules? I think you have to put if I if I put Jokic in, I would have Jokic and Bead, Tatum, Luca, and Giannis. So I'd have SGA out of first team. Would your first team have changed at all? I probably would have had Mitchell out and Joker in there as much as it would have pained me. But, yeah, I probably would have had Mitchell out and I would have went Luka, Giannis, Tatum, and be Joker. Okay. Yeah, I probably would have had to do the same thing. And that is going to do it for the elongated edition of the Fast Break. But that was a lot of fun. We like talking hoops here, and we talked a lot about the NBA. And with that, I believe, uh, Chris, what do you say usually when this happens? Goodbye, Internet.